Blog Talk Radio. All right, Mercer Prescott, you ready to do this thing? Come on, man. Get on that mic and do your damn thing. This is Politrix. Telling you the truth about these politics. With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Yeah. Now 646-668-8795 to speak to the host. And meet us here every Monday at 6.30 p.m. To learn the truth about these politics on politics. That's right. All right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of Collective Throne. Today's date, June 5th, 2017. And this might be the last June 5th that you have ever seen if Trump keeps on going the way he's going, motherfuckers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I'm laughing because it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it does feel like That's why day. I'm going to Earth 52 I'm working on a exit plan now I already see the superheroes place I'm going to take Yep, so yeah <laughs> I got to start watching the Road Warriors So I can figure out how to live life in the apocalypse You know, at least get um, ready for the next uh, the, the next Great Depression I mean, the next tremendous depression <laughs> But um, Just to keep from crying Basically Basically, but um, I'm gonna go back into the past here, and you know how you know how like the movie Back to the Future. We're gonna go we're gonna go to the past so we can get back to the at least back to the present here. Anybody remember who George McGovern was? George that McGovern was. Look at Alabama governor. That may be Bob McGovern, and I, and I started calling him when I was trying to look up more information. I kept. Putting in Bob McGovern, I acknowledge George McGovern. Okay. And, um, he, he, he was the guy who ran against Nixon in 1972, and he had one of the worst electoral college defeats in American history. Nixon won 96 percent of the electoral vote that year, right? Wow. That so the only state that McGovern won was Massachusetts and Washington D.C., and that's it. Nixon won. Every other state. There were only five other electoral college defeats that were worse. Ronald Reagan, when he beat, um, who was it, Walter Mondale? Uh, mm-hmm. Reagan had 97% of the vote. When FDR won in 1936, he had 98% of the vote. When James Monroe won in 1820, he had 99% of the vote. And in both of George Washington's, first, you know, he was the president, you know, well, the first president and the first two-term president, in both of George Washington's elections, he won 100% of the vote, of the Electoral College, sorry, of the Electoral College. That's the important distinction. So why do I bring up George McGovern other than the fact that I've been watching a whole lot of Richard Nixon specials lately? It's because from the, from the campaign commercials that I've been able to find on YouTube, McGovern ran almost the same – uh, campaign that Hillary Clinton did. Now, mm-hmm. granted, Hillary won, the, Hillary won the popular vote, okay, but lost the uh, lost the electoral college. You figure 
1972, the Watergate scandal was just forming, right? And McGovern's commercials were centering on Watergate. They were centering up. They weren't centering on what's he going to do for the country, what's he going to do to help people. Nope, just focusing on Watergate. Now, granted, I was only able to find three commercials on YouTube, right? It was back in the, in the early 70s. Everybody didn't have a VCR. You know what I mean? So I was lucky to find those three commercials. But those commercials were very telling. Keep in mind Hillary Clinton with her commercials, only 25% of her commercials centered on actual policy, and the rest of them were just sitting there bashing Trump. She underestimated the morality of this country, thinking that there's no way the country would elect a pussy-grabbing draft dodger who doesn't pay taxes or his contractors, went bankrupt six times, wants to bang his daughter, and can't even get his own wife to hold his hand in public. There's no way they'll elect this motherfucker, but uh, we've been wrong before, and we were wrong this time. You words out, though, misogynist, you know, plagiarist. (laughs) This motherfucker here. Yeah. But you figure the Democrats are running the same strategy that's not going to work. Instead of the Democrats coming out and saying, hey, listen, we know you're hurting. This is what we're going to do to help and coming up with a good strategy to help. They're basically just saying, well, look how bad Trump is. Now you have to vote for us. No, we don't, because we didn't the first time, but we're not going to do it the second time. They are underestimating the morality of America, okay? You figure America is not a moral country, and it hasn't been for a very long time. You said moral? You said moral? A moral country. Yeah, you figure women didn't even I've never known it to be that at all. Look what they did to the African-Americans. Look what they did to the Indians. Look what they did to the Mexicans. Look what they did to the Chinese. Yeah, you figure like this. Look what they did to the the, the immigrants from Ireland. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I remember seeing those signs. No Irish need apply. (laughs) You're Irish, but I don't even bother wasting your time applying for a job because we're not going to hire you. You figure this is a country where the Ku Klux Klan has local chapters as if they were unions, okay? This is a country where the Creflo Dollars and the Joel Osteens are allowed to fleece cancer patients. Not only that, I, mean, like oh, I got to speak, speak on that Klan shit. And they're not, they're not labeled as a terrorist uh, organization, but known they have killed the upwards of 4,000 African-American people in a 20-year span through um, <clears throat> the Black Panthers who have known only to have killed maybe one or two in self-defense labeled as a terrorist group. Come on now. This yep. preach. Mm-hmm. And, and they're trying to do Black Lives Matter the same way, call them, call them right. a terrorist group. You know? That's, and going, going back to them, that's some Richard Nixon shit. <laughs> right. You exactly. figure you this country where... This ass. Oh, let me put on my yeah. You figure they let televangelists fleece uh, old folks and cancer patients out of their life savings. They don't pay taxes. And now, thanks to Trump, they can donate to political organizations now and still not pay taxes. You figure this is special. We need to make a church, motherfucker. Damn. (laughs) You know what's funny? If you watch um, John Oliver, if you watch his show, 
he actually, just to prove a point on how easy it is to be a televangelist, he actually created his own ministry. Because all you have to do is just fill out the paperwork, and then you have your own ministry, and he made his own ministry. <laughs> and you know how they crack on the preachers for talking about, you know, sending the seed money? And then he was mm-hmm. like, people were, asking, people were actually sending them seeds, like, like plant seeds. And a couple of people put jizz in the envelope and sent it to him, but he was just like, he was joking about it, and they said, like, please don't send that anymore. <laughs> but um, you figure one of the richest country, one of the richest families in America, the DeVos family, right? They made their money on Amway. Amway is basically a legal pyramid scheme. And speaking of John Oliver, he did an excellent uh, piece on companies like that. So all these people who were involved in these companies are broke with garages full of uh, crap that they can't sell, that they owe money on. And the DeVos family is one of the richest families in America. And then Betsy DeVos practically bought, bought her position of Secretary of Education to twist mm-hmm. it at her own end to, to try and get rid of public schools and put in, uh, what should we call it, uh, charter schools and religious schools. And I don't mean like a religious school where, uh, you know, like a Catholic school. I mean religious schools where they just brainwash kids into thinking that, you know, basically like fundamentalist religion stuff. Not, not as terrorists, but you figure, I mean, I've known kids who went to Catholic school, and they turned out all right. But these schools are a little bit different, you know, and that's what she that's what she wants. They basically when they hate on countries like Iran and the theocracies, it's not because they really hate them. They're just jealous of them. They wish America could be a theocracy. Where religion just rules because they could just make shit up and just say God told them. All right, all right, all right. Well we got your better half on the phone right now, Odie. Cody, what's up? Hey guys, I'm just I'm just listening in here. Um, Damon on the tail end of the Amway situation. I definitely remember that piece. And Hell I was yeah, really I curious. That shit. My mama got sent by that shit. shit. I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah that John and, Oliver piece was really funny. And that yeah. at the same time. Yes. I had the last time I got some Amway shit in my house. Yeah, because a lot of people got their lives ruined by it. And and the bosses are billionaires. They have a stadium, what was it, the Amway Center in Orlando? You know, they're, they're billionaires. And it's all legal. That's the worst part. You figure this is a country where a jury can see a video of a cop shooting an unarmed fleeing man, and the, shoot, the cop shoots him in the back on the video, and they won't convict. That should be a slam dunk case. You know, a lawyer who basically got his law degree from watching Matlock could have closed that one. Because all you have to do is just let the video do its work, and they still couldn't convict. So this is not a moral country. This country has no morals. There are people in this country who have morals. But this is not at? a moral country. You understand? But. I don't know where they are. Oh, what's up? Because it was unmoralistic to let this guy become president of the United States. So those that fail to vote are to galvanize others to vote. Well, yeah. they're immoral on their approach to politics. And I call that politics trickery at the utmost. Yeah. So 
you, you figure it like this, right? Oh, that's you want to get... Figure it like this, right? The whole Hillary George McGovern tactic of just trying to uh, call out uh, what you call it, right? Just trying to call out the other guy. That doesn't work because these people are inherently selfish. So if you want to get through to the lesser, less intellectual half of America, the ones that voted for Trump. You have to tell them what you will do for them because they don't give a fuck about their neighbors, the blacks, the Mexicans, the Muslims, the LGBT community. All they care about is themselves. So if you center on what you will do for them, then you can win. It's not that hard. That's exactly what Trump did. He he convinced those poor dupes in West Virginia and Kentucky that he was going to bring coal jobs back. Right. And it's funny because I was just talking about that today. Or what you consider yep. the lesser than the blacks, the Jews, the LGBT, the Mexicans, the Asians, the Koreans, the okay, I give up. Okay, the point is, after that you you make a valid, valid point, and I've said it a hundred thousand times. I lied, I said it one one four times. Um if you don't have a message, nothing can ring true without a message. So his message is plain as stupid as it works. He his marketing campaign it wasn't mm-hmm. genius. It's very basic. A solid yeah. primary color that resonates with your mental. There's three colors. Black, there's a couple colors. Black, white, red, and blue. Red is a powerful, powerful color. That's the color he chose. The lettering was white, so that's the color he chose. He could have went with any other design. The most basic design to speak to the most basic mind to get his message across. Make America great again versus her message. Hillary 2015. I don't even remember what her message was. And it was only seven, eight months ago, and I can't remember what her message was. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, Stronger. Uh, Stronger. Stronger together. Stronger uh, together. But I remember yeah. the arrow. I mean, about the it, it works, but it, it, I don't, it doesn't sting. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and that's I don't the thing. I don't see no muscles. I don't see no dumbbell. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You figure like this, right? You still have Bernie Sanders still. I'm with her. There we go. That, that was that was the big thing, you know. I'm with her. You figure, is that what it said? Are you bullshitting? Yeah, me? yeah. There was, it was uh, stronger together, and I'm with her. Those, those are her two big catchphrases. People don't right. need catchphrases. They need healthcare. They don't give a shit about catchphrases. You know, the last time a catchphrase worked when Obama, what was it? Um, open change. But that meant something because you would admit it had action. Like you're gonna, like you know, we have hope, and then we're gonna institute some change. But I'm with her, so she's like, follow me. Like who gives a shit? Where's my health care? I got, I had three of my medications rejected by my health care company. One of them I really, really need for my diabetes, and they rejected it. Did I give a shit about stronger to get the fuck out of here? I don't care about that shit. So when they're talking about, you know, oh, single pair is, is just unachievable, I'm going to vote for you. Why? Put, put it like this, right? Where, where is oh, Hillary, where, though? Like, what is she doing now? You know what Hillary is doing? She's starting a super PAC. That is the same thing that got her obliterated. She outspent Trump either 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one in, in the election, and she still lost. 
but she figures her her way to to help out, you know, get on the the front lines is to get a super PAC so her rich donor friends can vote. I mean, can can give money. That's the exact strategy that she that helped her lose. It's like being in an, in an old school arcade and you just watch somebody get obliterated in Street Fighter. Now you're playing and she's telling you the exact strategy that got her obliterated. Like that's what you should do because that's just the way it's always been done. Bernie Sanders closed uh, what, 30, 40 uh, point gap in the primary with no super PAC. All grassroots. A major presidential candidate. So you mean to tell me super PACs are the answer? They can't win without progressives, and progressives aren't going for candidates who, like, you think Cory Booker is going to be able to run? No. Cory Booker? Wait, no so you know you have, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever talked to your friends about this, but I've talked to at least two people in the past, like, mm-hmm. months or so. And they legit, and I asked them, I said, well, who did you vote for in the primaries? It just happened to come up in, like, regular conversation. And I said, right. well, who would you vote for in the primaries? And they were like, what do you mean? I don't know where the system has failed people, but I know they can't be alone. And these are, like, very, these are smart people that I consider to be smart and fairly educated people, and they certainly voted in the election, but they didn't vote in the primaries. And I kept wondering, well, how is it that Bernie lost? Because everybody I know that did vote in the primary voted for Bernie. Bernie, but, um, Bernie lost because like, not, not mean, the not mean to cut you off, uh, Odie, but Bernie lost. A major part of Bernie's loss, aside from the DNC meddling, is that they didn't, a lot of states like New York did not allow independents to vote. So basically, in the presidential election, anybody could vote. It doesn't matter what your party affiliation is. But because the because Democrats run. North Carolina. These two people are residents of North Carolina. Now, in North Carolina, it's different because, you know, like, in North Carolina, there's no excuse because independents can vote in primaries. All they got, well, actually, I have to double check that. Because I know independents can no, you are right, because um, independents can vote. They just have to have a special ballot, but they can vote in the primaries for the, on the Democrat side. But in New York, um, independents can't vote. They would have had to, they, 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 to change their affiliation. They would have had to, and I'm not making this up to be funny, they would have had to have had, had their applications in the change of party affiliation before they found out that Bernie was running. <laughs> So, in other words, uh, there was no way they could have done it. And, and the DNC could have just opened, they could have just opened the books and they didn't do it because they wanted Hillary to win. So, basically, they, a lot of independents been alienated. So, they were like, well, if I can't vote in the primary for my guy, why would I vote in the presidential election for your person? So, they were like, what like this? 46% of the country of registered voters didn't vote at all. So... That's just, I mean, and, and America has always been a low voter turnout yeah. country, but this was just historically low. Like, people were just really disenchanted. But one of their strategies was trying to flip Trump voters. You can't flip Trump voters. You can't flip Republicans. Because Republicans, put it like this, 9% of registered Democrats voted for Trump. 
So the Chiefs have been worried about keeping her own people rather than trying to flip Trump voters. Put it like this, right? I'm going back. I'm going back a bit here because I've been watching a lot of old uh, documentaries on uh, corruption and stuff like that, right? You figure the Keating Five, right? And this goes back away. So this is, this is from Wikipedia, okay? The Keating Five were five United States senators accused of corruption in 1989, igniting a major political scandal as part of the larger savings and loan crisis of the late 1980s and early 1990s. The five senators. Alan Cranston, Dennis uh, Contini, I'm, I know I'm butchering his name, John Glenn, Don Regal, and John McCain were accused of improperly intervening in 1987 on behalf of Charles H. Keating, Jr., chairman of the Lincoln Savings and Loan Association, who was a target of a regulatory investigation by the Federal Home Loan Bank Board, the FHLBB. They, that organization subsequently backed off of taking action against Keating, right? Lincoln Savings and Loan collapsed in 1989 at a cost of over $3 billion to the federal government, and 23,000 Lincoln bondholders were defrauded, and many investors lost their life savings. So you think you had five senators. Now, here's the thing. John McCain was the only Republican. The other four senators were Democrats, Right? So you figure out what happened to those guys politically, right? John McCain, as you know, is still a senator to this day. He's like 82 years old, and he's still a senator, right? John Glenn, yes, he's that John Glenn, the astronaut, who had been a senator since 1976. So he ran again, and he won, but he retired in 98. He's been a senator since, like, 1976. So an astronaut before that. Now, the other three... Right, Dennis uh, Deacon uh, continuing, he didn't run again because he was just like, yeah, I know I'm done. The other two, Don Regal and Alan Cranston, they lost their next elections. They decided they're only going to need lost. Now, I think John Glenn's star status saved him, but if he wasn't like a, a national hero, he would never, he would never have won his next election. Yeah, never. Have, yeah that's the only thing that saved him was his career. Now, to be fair, John Glenn and John McCain were cleared of impropriety, right? But they were reprimanded for poor judgment for taking money from this guy in the first place. Let me, let me ask you, Odie, if you're a neighborhood drug dealer, now I know this is, this is a little bit different than the savings alone bank, but let's say, you're, let's say you're a politician and there was a, you know what, I'm going to be off the wall here. There's a local strip club that you know uh, some shady things might be going on there, but they donate $20,000 to your campaign, right? Now, they get in trouble. They call you, and they're like, oh, you check this out. I gave you twenty grand for your, uh, you know, for your campaign. I need you to help. I need you to shut down this investigation. That's pretty much what happened. She didn't call on these senators and ask them to shut down the investigation. And the only reason why John McCain got, got off the hook is because he testified against Keating. But they asked him to shut down that investigation. You figure all the Democrats that weren't John Glenn lost their political careers, and John McCain is still a senator to this day. Republicans don't look like that. Republicans are there to stay 
They're not going anywhere. And check this out. John Keating himself, I mean John Keating, Charles Keating himself, all right? In 1992, he was sentenced to 10 years in a medium security prison. And in 93, he was convicted on 73 counts of fraud and sentenced to another 12 and a half years in prison and a $122 million fine, but he claimed he was $10 million in debt and had no assets to sell. But in 1996, the conviction was overturned because of, uh, of, I don't even know what to call it, because they said that the, that the jury wasn't properly instructed on what fraud is. You know what fraud is? Hey, I lost my life savings. I have nothing to show for it. That's fraud. What definition did they need? But the overturned conviction, he pled guilty to a lesser charge. He got off on time served. So for the 22 years he was given, he served four years. And afterwards, he moved in with his daughter and son-in-law, opened up a real estate office in uh, Arizona, and he died at the age of 90. He died uh, last year. He was 90 years old. I'm pretty sure the people who he sleeped out of their life savings didn't live until they were 90. Right. You know? So they had no money to start over with. Put it like this. Republicans can, can do and say whatever they want to, and they, there's no real consequence. You have to be Timothy McVeigh-level evil to get a response out of them. Look what happened with Bill Maher last weekend, okay? Bill Maher said the N-word in a joke. And did you guys see uh, did, you guys, did you guys hear that joke that Bill Maher told? I did. I did. And cause he didn't come out. Bill Maher house Negro. Like, I still wouldn't have found the joke funny, but at least I would have been like, okay, at least he didn't go with that. Like, no, white yeah. people need to, white people do not need to say nigga, period. Period, point blank. I can redo her photo shoot for a thing. Because you are having sex with black women, Bill Maher, doesn't mean that you're okay to say nigga, period. Put it like this, though. And, and I'm in his motherfucking house. I don't know what the fuck's up with that, homie. I done shot that nigga in his motherfucking ass two times. I motherfucking did two years behind that nigga. He don't want none of this motherfucker. I'm trying to tell y'all bitch-ass niggas, you know what I'm saying? I ain't fucking around with y'all niggas. I'll fuck y'all bitch-ass niggas up, you shit. <laughs> that sounds like every last fucking movie. <laughs> nah, fuck put it like this, nigga. right? I'm about to come over here right now. I know where y'all niggas at, nigga. You fucking stupid ass nigga. You know how this motherfucking thing, find a friend shit, work on these fucking iPhones. Nigga, you dumb ass nigga. I'm about to come over here and get your ass, homie. Bye. And that's how Blue calls out when he, when he doesn't want to go to work. That's how he calls out. <laughs> and they're like, all right, Blue, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Put it like like this, though, right? I I call it the Paul Mooney Doctrine. And it's not like an actual doctrine. It's just something that Paul Mooney said, right? Paul Mooney said, and this is after the Michael Richards thing. And I saw that video again the other day. And I was just like, I didn't see the whole thing that Michael Richards said because he got mad because black people were heckling him at the show. And he said, basically, 50 years ago, you'd be hanging upside down with a fork sticking out of your ass. And then he told the, um, I guess the bouncer's like, he's a nigger, he's a nigger, get him out of here. And the crowd's like, what? Like, that took a sharp right, you know? But Paul Mooney's whole point was, it is okay to tell racial jokes. 
So long as they're funny. And I'm sorry, that Bill Maher thing was actually pretty funny. Because <laughs> he basically was, Bill Maher was like, what? The guy was like, yeah, you know, he should come out to the, I think they were talking about Nebraska, like come out to Nebraska, you know, you know, come come work in the fields. And Bill Maher was like, work in the fields? I'm a house nigger. I don't work in the fields. And I was like, okay. I was kind of funny. He doesn't need to say that joke ever again. But that was kind of funny for an off-the-cuff type thing. And some people in the audience was like, oh, and that's why he's like, it's a joke. And then finally some people started clapping. But, you know, I figure it like this, right? It's a joke. He's a comedian. It's funny. I laugh for two seconds, and then we move on. Now they're trying to get him fired over that. You figure all the evil shit Tommy Warren says, the only reason why she lost the job with the Blaze is because um, she said she was pro-choice. So she said something that makes sense, and then she gets fired. Ted Nugent threatened the president so much the Secret Service investigated him. And he got to go to the White House with Kid Rock as Trump's guest. Ted Nugent is a child rapist. Ted Nugent bought but put it like this, his wife was underage. He got the girl's parents to literally sign her over to him when she was only like 15 or something like that. He's a child rapist. And we got to go to the White House. He gets to threaten the president and go to the White House. Bill O'Reilly had the top cable news show for 17 fucking years. There were tapes of him sexually harassing women on the phone. They paid out millions of dollars to settle suits, top show for 17 years. And the only reason why they pulled them off the air is because the advertisers started going away. And that's what I call the MTV doctrine. You can do and say whatever you want to. When you stop making money for the family, that's when you got to go. Absolutely. When Trump was talking that uh, grabbing by the pussy stuff, you know what they called it? Locker room talk. You know? Put it like this. Just so much down the other day. Old ass as well into his fifties or sixties. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Odie. What did you think of the Kathy Griffin thing? Her with the decapitated, with the decapitated um, Trump head. Look, I, I'm, I really do subscribe to the philosophy of two wrongs don't make a right. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like he's an asshole enough by himself. Like you don't have to to his level to, like, show everybody that, that that's what the fuck he deserves. Um, I, I didn't see any humor in it. I, I, like, as much as I do not like him, I don't wish death on that man. Like, despite how much I don't like him. And I'm not really with the shit where you're showing anything that represents death upon him. What? Serious. Yeah. But that's just me. No. Here's something I found out, right? I found out that uh, if you burn figures in effigy, right, it's actually, I wouldn't say it's legal. It's not illegal. It's actually almost protected under the First Amendment because they show it as a form of protest. The problem was when it started happening to Obama, right, that's where it started to take that racist turn. Like they had some of the, the effigy dummies holding uh, plastic watermelons 
you know, and they were like, you know, like they had that came in there. Because, you know, the whole thing with lynching, it's still a sensitive subject to this day. Right. So when they had the deputies hanging, uh, yeah, when they have them hanging in nooses, that's a different matter altogether. But burning uh, effigies and stuff like that, it's even burning the flag is a form of protest, and it's protected under the First Amendment. But threatening, making direct threats against anybody, politician, you know, much less a politician or anybody like that, even make a direct threat against an ordinary citizen is a crime which is why Secret Service investigated Ted Nugent, you know. But um, burning effigies is actually, I would just say, I wouldn't say it's legal. I would say it's not a criminal offense. But would I have done, would I support that Kathy Griffin thing? No. There are different ways. She, and she did it as a photo shoot, which means that she carved out time in her day to do that. Like she said, well, what do I need to do today? Oh, I need to go, I need to go get me some new cuisines. And then I'll go on this photo shoot that's going to ruin my career. But if, if you're a comedian, then fucking make material, like write material. I don't understand. Like, why are you doing this? You're not an artist. You're a comedian. Write some material. You're all like, comedian. You what the fuck is funny about that shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't give me, I do not condone like, it, but. She took a cheap way out of it. She gave a half ass apology, and now her shit is over. What I find is funny is that as many negative things came out about President Obama when I saw these hangings and these hangings and mm-hmm. nigger monkey things and this and that, and I heard right. a little bitty baby uproar. Never heard President Trump. I mean, never heard President. Ooh, damn! Excuse me, girl. I never heard President Obama speak on it at all. Never even mentioned it. No, nope. you know what? You know, mm-hmm. that was good that he didn't mention it because he didn't want to give fuel to their fire. You know, and, and, and it's hard. Tiny, tiny twitter fingers over there. Tiny twitter fingers is over there. Up at 12 o'clock in the morning talking about how he being bullied and shit. I'm but just I'm like, good. not only did President Obama didn't speak on it, I think he didn't speak on it, and also for understanding that death is protected. Well, you know, I'm not going to say you're going to hurt him or kill him. You know what I'm saying? You can do no. that. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he get his? Why did he get his wife to um start whatever panel or whatever the fuck she was? She said she was gonna do because I remember whenever they asked about her first lady initiative, her shit was bullying, anti-bullying. I, I don't like, speak three languages, but I promise you, every language I speak is able to be said in the enunciation and accent of that native country with no overture of America or Pukwara Creole or Haitian or Spanish. You know what I'm saying? It's influenced in any of the other ones. Yes, you can speak five languages, but look at the root of each of those languages. They're all relatively the same with the exception of English. Yeah. I'm not impressed. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, can speak, I really want to put it down. I can speak all these close to five languages, but the two other languages are so broken up and uprooted, I sound like a damn four year old. Now, I don't have a problem with Ivanka's English. 
uh, no, not Ivanka. Melania is English. It's basically just her accent. She still has mm-hmm. that. She still has that Eastern European accent. You know. And then somebody, I, Young Turks have been going ham on the live videos today. This is the twentieth one I've seen today. <laughs> <laughs> she whiz. <laughs> this is the most damn videos they posted. You know, they don't post this much in a week usually. Have you seen on the um? Uh-uh. I like them, but you know, they started to be a little bit too commercial for my blood. <laughs> I, I, I'll put it like this. You know, when, when, when people call Trump fans uh, low information, they get mad, you know. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, you know, Trump pulled out of the uh, the Paris Agreement, right, on climate change. Yes. Yeah. Some and some old there was my party has nothing to do with your party affiliation, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, you figure like this. They had a crowd of about two or 300 people who showed up to the White House to have a rally to thank Trump for pulling out of the Paris Agreement. I guarantee you none of those people read that agreement because they didn't, they didn't realize, yeah, we're all going to die. You figure like this, right? The whole thing is there is that threshold, the two Celsius threshold, right? So if our temperature goes up, our, I don't know if you want to call it a base temperature. I, I don't know the scientific term for it. But if it goes up by two degrees Celsius, that means that the, uh, the climate change damage will become irreversible, right? Now, well, not only that, granted, no, not, granted, right. oh, go ahead. So not only that, y'all think this is fucking. Y'all let me just say, y'all think this is fucking clouds. This is fucking smog, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, put it like this. We're we're twenty years away from that two Celsius mark if we do nothing. Twenty years is not that long. John Oliver was talking about that. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. He said twenty years ago, South Park was still in the air. Okay, so twenty years. In those terms, 20 years is longer if you're in prison. 20 years as a countdown to something like catastrophic, it's not that far away. You figure Americans are 5% of the population, but we're 15% of the world's pollution. So we're the biggest polluters. So, yeah, what Trump was like, and you know why those people were out there? Because of the whole nationalistic horseshit. Because Trump said, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I represent uh, Pittsburgh, not Paris, which was funny because Pittsburgh did not vote for Trump. I think uh, Trump won all those rural areas in Pennsylvania, but Pittsburgh was not. I think Hillary won like 82% of that vote in Pittsburgh. And to validate themselves about the whole Pittsburgh thing, they got, and I'm not making this up to be funny, they got one person from Pittsburgh to show up to the rally and support Trump. And to them, that just validated the whole thing. See, Pittsburgh's representing Trump, one motherfucker. You know how many people are in Pittsburgh? <laughs> so these people just grasp at straws to defend Trump, and I'm just like, you do know he's going to kill you all, right? Like I, like I mentioned before, but if global warming goes unchecked, by the end of the century, you figure another 80 years, uh, the Middle East will be uninhabitable because it'll be so hot in the Middle East. No one can live there. Air conditioning will be dead. 
So you do think this whole Syrian refugee thing is a big deal. When you tell the entire Middle East is, pl- is displaced because, you know, because uh, it's too hot to live there, we're going to lose, what, 30% of Florida is going to be underwater if the oceans keep rising? Mm-hmm. Have, y'all, have y'all listened to uh, the Logic album? I can't remember the name of it, but it wasn't the last one. It wasn't the one called... Um, Every, everybody or all the people. It wasn't that one. It was the one before that. And the whole concept of the album is he is going into space. Well, there's two guys, not him, but there's two guys going out into space to find utopia, to find the perfect world because they have over Earth so bad that nobody can live there. And right. the population was like, you know, like, there was less than 100 people, and um, they have, like, very anecdotal conversations about having unprotected sex because it doesn't matter. You're supposed to be repopulated anyway kind of shit. Um, but I was just like, damn, this is art possibly imitating life. As the, the way you make it sound is like, shit, like, are we going to be here? I mean, I understand sometimes people don't give a fuck because they feel like, well, as long as I'm alive, it's, it's cool. As long as we can make it to the end of my lifetime, I don't care about the children in the future. But, you know, damn, I mean, 20 years, that's my lifetime. I won't be dead in the next 20 years, Lord willing. Right. You know, it's fucking crazy. A lot, of, and a lot of this may not happen in our lifetimes, but our kids and our grandkids' lifetimes, yeah. They'll be the ones to suffer. And uh, these people don't understand that because they think that they can take their money with them, I guess. You know? Or they <laughs> figure, the realest shit I ever heard. That is the realest really be... shit I ever heard. People really believe that. <laughs> That's not what they're doing it for. They're doing it to pass on to their family. Stop being stupid. No, well, as, someone, as someone who is dealing with an elderly grandparent, Yes, they absolutely, I don't know, because they, they change pennies. Even the pennies that they have that's not, like, tied up and, and just, like, passing on to the loved ones after they're gone, they still spend. I, I don't, I think that's tied back to, like, that depression mentality anyway, that great depression mentality of never having enough. But um, I digress. But, yeah, they don't, they don't, mm. they don't realize you can't take it with, with you. Yeah. But uh, we got a little bit of time left, so final thoughts, y'all. Yeah, if final we're still thoughts. here in 2018, got better motherfucking vote in 2018 and stop bullshitting my niggas. West Coast, Comfort <laughs> for Life, Inglewood, Project, Lorios, you know how we sing it, Rolling 60 Bloodline. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Odie, what's on your mind? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um... Yeah, just take, taking in the irony of uh, my ethics class, I'm always tying it back to politics. Ethics and morality are are, are uh, very closely aligned, and the lines are blurring every day. Yeah, That's exactly. About that. Yeah. And uh, basically my final thought is, you know, piggybacking on, on what Blue said, research your candidates and vote in 2018, you know. Cause, yeah, uh, absolutely. We really need this because with the current lineup now, Trump's not getting impeached. So we really need to push some of these guys out of office so we can get enough votes to impeach Trump. 
Oh, and, and that's a shame because it seems like he's going to mess Oh, say, say again? I say, yeah, one more thing. Pay attention to what happens Thursday. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I'll definitely be talking about that on Saturday. Right. That? We, we, right. Get, we get to see the line. So, oh. that concludes another episode of Politics. Catch us every Monday at 6.30 p.m. with Murphy Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. I said about that. It's band of the cronies. <laughs> yeah, politics. Do 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 do. Politrix.